on one indescribable podcast. They'll share their points of view. And in this one, Bex wants to avoid deep conversation, so she goes for barbecue along with Daryl, who keeps being real proby, which really bothers Bex. Bless Paula gets a desk now. Onto your favorite podcast, where we bring all of our heartaches for you. Yes, that is right. We are here. We are back. One indescribable podcast where we are going through the Hit CW show Crazy Ex-Girlfriend week after week, episode by episode. I'm, of course, Adam H. here, guiding the ship as best I can. Never alone. Uh, I have two of my very good friends with me here. First and foremost, someone who I'm pretty sure does not do their bills hunched over the sink eating a ripe grapefruit. It's Lindy! TV Lindy, how are you? Uh, yeah, I definitely don't do that. Um yeah. <laughs> sounds terrible actually it sounds very messy yeah it's not i mean obviously it sounds very messy but also save a plate i do appreciate the saving a plate i'll go out of my way to save a plate so i i I can relate to that okay you'll go out of your way to save a plate what's the furthest you would go to save a plate because it's clearly not hunched over (laughs) eating a ripe grapefruit over the sink yeah maybe not very far (laughs) okay so not very far but we appreciate the sentiment okay that's fair uh with us as always someone who uh probably also does not collect eyeless owl dolls it's todd todd librarian uh, yeah, I just don't like them looking at me, Adam. I mean, you know, I well, am, as always, amazed at your utter Adamness. Uh, that's why they're eyeless, Todd, because <laughs> they they don't they. Uh, the, well, I guess they would still have the eye holes, but then not like a. Uh, it's very creepy. The whole situation yeah, yeah, yeah. is. Yeah, where you go, it's very very creepy. <laughs> it's all weird. Uh, we're here at uh, episode six of season four, uh, a third of the way through the final season. Um, we're rolling here. Uh, I don't. I wouldn't say we're barreling quite yet, but we're definitely rolling through uh, this season. We're getting, you know, we're getting there. Season I mean, like, uh, episode third of, third of the way through. It's like wow. Yeah, it's not insignificant, especially in an eighteen episode season. Still a lot of meat on the bone for sure. Still a lot of things that are going to happen. Uh, some things that I guarantee will probably surprise you uh, if you've not actually seen the show before and are watching episode by episode. Some things that will probably surprise us, too, as we go back through here. Uh, I haven't seen these episodes in a while. These are starting to feel very fresh to me as I'm watching them uh, week after week. And there's some wild stuff that's going on here, including a lot of stuff that I just kind of didn't need to see. Um, but that's okay. We're going to see it anyway. Uh, this is a weird episode for me. We're going to do this in a little different uh, a little different style than we normally do when we're recapping the podcast. We had, you know, these three major storylines here. And yes, they did intersect, kind of. Uh, not necessarily in the way that they normally would uh, on this show. And so today we are going to be recapping them separately, uh, one by one. We're not going to be doing kind of like scene by scene, blow by blow across the different storylines. Uh, we're going to be splitting them up and taking it all the way through uh one a piece so that's what we're gonna do here today for season four episode six of craziest girlfriend i don't think we have anything else to talk about before we get into it 
I don't think so. I'm getting blank stares. So uh, without any further further ado, now Lindy's mad at me for saying that I was getting blank stares. Well, we don't have anything to talk about. So what are we supposed to do? I don't know. We'll come up with something to talk about is is usually (laughs) like the, you know. Let's talk about, you know. I, no, there's nothing to talk about except the, this episode. If unless we want to get off on just a huge tangent and just well, talk for when 20 have minutes. we ever gone off on a huge <laughs> tangents? That is not our <laughs> brand at all. So I don't yeah. think we should even like even try to get started now, as we're so close to the end of the show. Well, without any further ado, uh, Lindy, take it away. All right, this episode is called "I See You." And like Adam said, we are going to split this into the three major storylines of the episode. Um, They really don't intersect at all. I don't know what Adam was talking about, (laughs) except for the song. And that's it. Um... (laughs) What do you mean you don't know what Adam was talking about? And then give the exception where they do intersect. (laughs) They 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 don't intersect at all. No one thing. You made it sound like they intersected more than that. What do you, I preface the sentence by saying they don't really intersect. I think we should roll back the tape. I don't know. You want to go sound- back to instant replay? <laughs> <laughs> Run back the tape again for the second After week last row. week, I think we need instant replay on this podcast. <laughs> oh, my God. I think it would help us in many situations. It might. Yeah, it might. Uh, it's nice to be on this side of the arguing again. I, <laughs> I don't even understand. I, I like said something and then he was like, Adam's such an idiot. He's, I don't even know what he was talking about. What a, what a doofus. And then what do you he, not then, understand then, about that? Well, but the, the, the confusion is that immediately after you like threw it at me, you were like, oh yeah, there is this one exception that Adam was probably talking about <laughs> right here. You know what? I thought you were talking about multiple intersections, but probably there are actually. <laughs> no, there aren't. Yeah, there are. We'll get there, Lenny. We'll get there. I really don't think there are. We there start are at two. the beginning. There are literally two besides okay. the beginning part. But... All right. Okay. Well, I'm probably wrong if you're so confident. So we'll see. Anyway, feel free to cut that out. Okay. <laughs> Adam's going to cut In what world out. am I cutting that out? Fair point. Okay. <laughs> I'm so off track. Okay. <laughs> I did not mean for that to happen. I'm so sorry to everyone. Okay. So, uh, yes. We are going to talk about each of the three major storylines individually. Um, and so we're starting at the beginning. There's just a little bit that starts us off. So first, as always, this season, we are talking about the line at the end of the theme song, uh, which this week was, I eat my own eyelashes. Um, so let's just get a quick um, review from everyone, including our friend Tom Palmer. <laughs> I will say this was a miss for me. Didn't like it. Yep. A big nope. A big, what are we even doing here for me? Just, eh. Wow, Todd appealing to my heartstrings there. Uh, <laughs> totally agree. I eat my own eyelashes? Uh, disgusting. Put those away. Um, though, as, as Lenny said, I did ask Tom Palmer, good friend of the podcast. He said, and I quote, it's hysterically random. 
It sure is random. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we can I, agree with 50% of that tall. Yes. I have a lot of umbrage with the first half of, of that <laughs> assessment, but it is very random. Do you think anyone like eats their own eyelashes? Like, is that, is that an episode of, uh, what's the what's the show like my strange addiction or something like that probably or the all i remember is that i i watched one episode where someone ate like couch cushion like that's just what she ate is yeah, i don't know it was a i don't know i've i've never watched the show uh, i am aware of it but yeah i i have heard about people who do 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 this it is a condition eat their eyebrows I feel like you don't have enough eyebrows to eat like a vet you know like eyelashes I, that's different even worse you have less eyelashes if you had eyebrows, you'd at least have a little bit of a bigger meal there. Uh, I, there's not a lot of eyelashes. Yeah. I, I don't think uh, we're really experts on the topic. No. So. Yeah, we're not. Do you guys like blow eyelashes, though? Like Make-A-Wish classic? No. no. Oh, wait, really? If you have like an eyelash on your face, you don't like blow it up and make a wish a la like a birthday candle type situation? Nope. Never have done that. Have you? Wait, have you heard about it? Am I crazy? No, I've I've heard about it. It's just okay. not something that I. It's just not one of the things that I grew up. I uh, you know being told. Oh, here if you blow in your eyelash, you know I heard about it later on in life. But at that point, I was like, yeah, I'm not going to suddenly adopt a new wish making uh, ritual into my life when I'm like my thirties. So, I've yeah, heard of it fair. too. I feel like maybe I did that when I was a kid, but I can't remember the last time I did that. Oh, okay. So Lydia grew up. Uh, I'm still a child because I, I definitely still do it. Uh, I wasn't trying to be judgmental there. I was just <laughs> stating the facts. I, I don't recall doing that recently. Maybe it's because like you had a wish come true. You were like, all your dreams came true. And then you were like, well, I'm good now. I don't think so. Oh, okay. Adam was hoping to say, well, yes, I got to be on this podcast yeah. <laughs> with you. That's, he was setting you up for it, Lindy. And just, was you that? I don't know if it was like specific about the podcast, but I did want her to say yes, because I would like to believe that my wishes will come true. And so it like it would have been good to hear that they did for someone. But we'll keep wishing, you know? That's why we wish. Sure. Good eyelash talk there. I, you know, I didn't like it in the song. I didn't like talking about it. I just, <laughs> this didn't work for me. And I think it was made worse by the fact that I was really enjoying the song. I feel like the song is growing on me more and more. I loved it. And then it's just, uh, it's a real letdown with the, with the sentence. Yeah. I, I mean, I literally could not agree more. Every time the start of the episode comes on, I'm like grooving uh to the song like it's definitely growing on me and then we get this final line and it's like what <laughs> why who is this for tom palmer for tom. i guess it's for, for tom, tom palmer. but like what i mean oh it could have been it could have been nothing that's like the most annoying part is that like there doesn't need to be dialogue there no one needs to say anything at the end of the song it would have been fine uh but alas we do get it every time Alas, um, so we get to the scene in the beginning of the episode where uh, Valencia, Heather, and Rebecca are on a video chat. Uh, this is the only time we see Valencia here. Um, she's in New York and she's showing off her new tiny apartment. <laughs> um, and Rebecca is excited that they have this technology available to stay connected. She says, yay, technology bridging the endless divide. <laughs> and I felt that. I feel... Um, even more, even more so in the past few years, technology has has bridged the divide. Um, I mean, that's how we all know each other. So, <laughs> oh, 
Although the funny thing is, Heather's like, I'm literally at the home base 2.4 miles away from you. <laughs> Um, and Rebecca is, you know, talking about all of the emotional work she's been doing lately, you know, the therapy, the group therapy, the individual therapy, apparently some sort of equestrian share circle. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm very curious about what that what that was exactly. Do like do they just like ride horses and circle up the horses and share? Or is there something else they do with the? Do they share about horses? I I just don't know. Just don't get a lot of details about. It, but it's not something I'm, I've ever heard of before. So I don't know. Maybe it is a thing. I'm just a uh, not tapped into the equestrian uh, share circle uh, community. I don't know. Uh, Lindy, are you a horse girl? I feel like I've asked this question before. Have I asked this question before? Probably not. Um, that's a weird question to ask. I, unless there's like a deeper meaning, I would say no. What do you mean like deeper meaning? Is it just like, do I like horses? Well, there's like a, um, I don't know, I don't know exactly how to describe this. It's like a very specific energy that is like horse girl energy. I definitely don't have that. I, okay. that, I, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's not me. Okay. Whatever it is. <laughs> I think I feel like out of the three of us, you are the most likely to like be somewhat in tune with horses. Oh gosh. No offense, Todd, but I'm I'm <laughs> certainly not me. <laughs> uh, well, I had a horse when I was a little kid, but uh Wow. But, but, no, 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 no. I stand by it. I stand by it. I stand by it. <laughs> you stand by it? Yeah. Owning Knowing a horse, that Todd had a horse, you think I had a still... horse when he was a kid. That's not I mean congrats, and... but like uh, you know. And it was more just like, you know, a horse that we had on our farm. It wasn't necessarily like my horse. I never like rode it or anything like that. But yeah, we he never even rode it. I wouldn't have guessed that he never rode it. Actually, that is actually a little surprising considering he had one growing up. But uh, I stand behind my statement. I still feel like Lindy's the most likely to like be a horse person. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that just sounds like an insult. Um, I, I don't know. Do you like not like horse people? I knew you would twist this around. I am not me <laughs> twisted around. Twisted around. around. Yeah. Like twisted that word around. A horse. I don't think you lasso horses actually. I don't know. I'm not a horse person. We're not we don't we don't know anything about horses apparently. I don't. I <laughs> I would not be interested in an equestrian share circle for any of the words of that of that like bit you don't like circles mm, it's a weak shape all things considered whoa 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 it's a weak shape can't stack i mean it's can't stack what can't stack circles a circle isn't 3d how would you stack it you just do what do you mean <laughs> how would you stack it give me an example of a circle you would stack i can't because you can't stack because it's two-dimensional it's unstackable Yes, because it's two dimensional. <laughs> Are you talking about a sphere? Listen, I, I think he is talking about spheres. He is what he is thinking of. Yeah, I, it's a, it's generally. a. We're talking about an equestrian share circle here, okay? Which Rebecca, is not a sphere. Okay, but like Rebecca is not two D when she was in this circle. We haven't even made shape. it. We haven't even made it to the split yet. We're. <laughs> 
We're screwed. <laughs> but we don't do tangents. We've never do tangents. Uh, yeah, is I was tangent joking. like a math thing to find a line that meets a thing in a circle? It does not matter. It's not a thing? <laughs> that was for our math listeners. Oh, yeah. We have um, so many of those. Shout ones. out honestly, to our math listeners. Our math listeners are going to be mad because that's probably not even right. <laughs> it is It is some sort of math thing, like geometry. It is yeah. a tangent. So is this. Anyway... <laughs> Um. Okay. Yeah. So Rebecca, <laughs> Rebecca. Yeah, the person we're talking about. Um, she has been so busy with all of this emotional work. Um, but she has a day off today from all of that. So she really wants to like take that to heart. Have a day off. Not really think deeply about those things. So she wants to go to this place called Harry's Hog Shop. It's a barbecue restaurant. Um, and she wants to take a car trip down there. And Heather's talking about it, how she wants to bone those ribs. But unfortunately, she is working today, so she can't go. Obviously, Valencia can't go. She's in New York. Um, Paula is not in this scene because she's supposed to be studying today, so she's not available. And Valencia suggests to Rebecca, like, why don't you invite someone from work, you know? And so Rebecca pulls up the twerking for the weekend uh, group chat. <laughs> And asks if anyone wants to go with her. Um, and, of course, um, Valencia and Heather are like, oh, is Daryl on there? Like, you know, they're pretty worried about if Daryl wants to go because, basically, he is not capable of keeping things light. Yeah, I think it's a pretty apt uh, analysis of Daryl's uh, entire being that, you know, light just doesn't really happen with him. He gets wants to be emotional and deep dive into your feelings about everything. He really does. And we will see that in this episode. Uh, we decided we'll keep the Rebecca Daryl part uh, as the last storyline we talk about. So we will get to them, but not quite yet. All right. Anything else before we embark on uh, the split storylines? Only other thing is I love the group chat team. Uh, twerking for the weekend that's that's good stuff are you going to start a group chain with that with that title at your workplace no uh, <laughs> i'm not no that's a wise decision there are not enough people within a decade of my age to have that be an acceptable thing for me to do so and by not enough i mean zero there are zero people within a decade of my age so this would be wildly inappropriate we could make our podcast uh group chat that name <laughs> that's what i was thinking you're going to suggest first initially so it's tough though because i don't think any of the three of us have seen any of the other three of us twerk we also don't podcast on the weekend <laughs> so like, so you're saying it doesn't make sense? Twerking for Mondays? <laughs> like I well, I mean it does it does drop on the weekend. So if we did start twerking every oh, time okay. it drops on Saturdays, then it would make you know so the weekend part does make sense. We just have to work work on the twerk, I guess, is what we would need to do. Work on the twerk. Man, the number of times I've told myself to do that. <laughs> zero? Is that the yeah, number? Yeah, it actually is zero. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Okay, Lindy, that's all I had on before we split. <laughs> <laughs> I did had no segue, so thank you for that. Mm -hmm. um, so the first storyline we're going to talk about is the Paula and Josh one. Um, 
I expect this will be the shortest one, but knowing us, who knows? It could be the longest. <laughs> um, so this one starts off with Paula. Um, to me, it looked like she's in Brendan's old room and everything's been cleared out of it. Is that what, what you thought yeah. too? Yeah, that's yep. the sense that I got. Brenda's gone, so she's taking the opportunity to claim the space for her new office. Yeah. Um, so she's kind of doing some measurements, um, and she tells Scott, like, she needs a desk in order to study for her finals. Um, and, you know, Paula is saying, you know, my dad, not just my dad, everyone said I would end up nothing but a baby factory, but now I'm about to be an attorney. Um, so we've seen Paula's journey on this throughout the show, and it's really great that now she's approaching the time when she graduates from law school. Um, and all she has to do right now is study. And Scott suggests grabbing, you know, a folding table that they've got for her desk. But Paula's like, no, I need, you know, a perfect desk, like, to study the law. And she found one. Um, but it's not going to fit in their minivan. And also, it's kind of far away. So she's got to drive to go get it. Um, using this app called bro with a truck what do we think of this app <laughs> uh like a very direct spoof of like two guys in a truck right like the you know the moving company that i see literally everywhere um it's it's kind of funny right like bro in a truck that's pretty good i liked it i don't know if i would ever use this app yeah i would be a little worried about getting a bro to come uh, take care of moving stuff for me but on the whole, that sort of app is like, sounds very appealing to me. Someone who has very few friends who live in the area anymore. So if I did need help moving things, uh, it would be nice to be able to just have like a quick, easy app to to do that with. So in general, nice idea. But the, the broiness could be problematic depending on how broy the bros are that show up. <laughs> at your it is just one bro, though. That's, That's big true. because, like, you know, when bros are together, then it gets really broy. Uh, and it's so it's just ex exponential ramping oh, up yeah. the bro exponential growth. As... Yeah, <laughs> uh, I had to fit one. I had to fit one in there. So. I, I just said I didn't think of it. I'm like, damn it, that was so good. God, you should have been on the ball with exponential growth. Uh, that's my one for the episode. <laughs> Yeah, I think it sounds like a good idea. It sounds useful. Sometimes you just need a bro with a truck to help you get something done. And <laughs> so that is what Paula is doing. And she's really excited about Driver 78. Um, he likes music. He's a Pisces. Uh, and he has scuba dived off the Great Barrier Reef. Sounds like a great catch for, for a driver. Because I'm sure all of those things are going to be super helpful oh, yeah. in picking up and moving a desk. Very relevant uh, information there. Um. So, did we know that Josh is a Pisces? Do we think that that is? Yeah, I was. Yeah, uh, we haven't. Well, we don't know. Why are we bringing up Josh? We don't know who Driver is yet. Uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you watch the episode. Yeah. Very true. Uh, no, uh, I don't think we ever had found out before <laughs> that sorry. Josh was a Pisces. <laughs> Oh, for anyone listening, this is one of my favorite things that happens on this podcast where we have a note in the dock and Lindy's like, just say it, say what you're, she just like stares at us, like giving us this death look of like, say it, say it, okay. just, just say it, start talking, say it. She's just like, gives us this death look. Okay. 
I have to jump in and apologize because I got confused. I'm just terrible podcasting. I got confused. I was looking at the next scene and the notes under the next scene, but I just said the word Pisces. So I was like, oh, it must be this scene. So that's why I was waiting. But I failed to look at the document closely enough to know that <laughs> they wanted to talk about that in the next scene. I'm sorry. No. I mean, to be fair, whenever I was putting the note into our document, I was like, should I put it here where the Pisces is mentioned or wait till we get to Josh being the pipe. Being the oh, and I remember so when Lindy I... said this was going to be our shortest segment. <laughs> I was like literally like pointing at the screen. I was like, why isn't Todd talking about this? Oh my oh, God. Oh man. Can you believe we haven't had anyone offer to like sponsor us yet? We don't have any like ad sponsors with like, how professional we are as a podcast. Have we been looking for ads? I don't even, even know. I mean, I just thought we that as professional for. as we are, you know, that obviously people would have like picked us up and, and started offering us money, but maybe. Oh well. You know, we're sponsored by Mountaintop. Um <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, Josh is a Pisces. Josh is a Pisces, but yeah, we don't know it's him yet. But anyway, <laughs> um, in response to Paula, she really sounds excited about this. And Scott is like, sounds like you're going on a date with him. And she just responds, Tanya. <laughs> and he immediately is like, have a great day. I hope it's a great desk. You deserve it. <laughs> um, okay. I kind of hated that, though. Like... Are we not? Are we not past the point here for this to be like brought up so cavalier? Like I don't know. I honestly, I I feel like on paper I would hate it, but I thought it was played. I I thought it was really great. It made me laugh I, because it's been so long since that was brought up, and it didn't feel like Tanya like she's mad about it. She was just bringing it up like I want this desk. Like Tanya, it like it, I just found it really funny. Yeah, it amused me too. Uh, afterwards, I like I did have the thought like, eh, is it a bit much? But I think because of the way it was played, because it wasn't with malice, it wasn't, you know, the start of a big thing. It was just kind of like, look, you know, I let you back into my life, but you know, lest we forget, Tanya. Uh, yeah, it, it made me laugh. I can I can see how uh, it is a little. It's a little petty, but Paula can be a little petty. So, yeah. Yeah, she said it still remains a tasty move. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so then we get the next scene where Paula answers the door to uh, greet driver 78. And as we know, it's Joshua Felix Chan. <laughs> what? Yeah, so that, that's where we thought, oh, wait, that's where I was watching. Oh, yeah, so Josh is a Pisces, so a... Uh, I'm not big into astrology. I don't know a whole lot about it. Uh, but a good friend of the podcast, Jess Sterling, does know a lot about astrology. So I reached out to her to ask her if a uh, Josh being a Pisces tracked for her. And her response was, um, absolutely, followed by absolutely in all capital letters. Uh, so so Jess did think that a uh, that tracks. She says, like, Pisces are always sad about something. They're one of the most emotional signs. They usually take actions based on emotions over everything else. So that's a uh, Jess Sterling's thoughts on Josh Chan as a Pisces. Good to know. Um, yeah, so Paula is totally shocked to see him. <laughs> She's like, you? It's you? <laughs> you don't scuba dive. 
Um, and you can also like feel like she's shocked and she's also probably disappointed. Like she was looking forward to hanging out with like this cool bro <laughs> with these cool interests. Um, and she also points out like, aren't you a DJ? Um, and he says that that is at night and he likes to make extra cash during the day. Um, and also like that's when Hector's mom like edits the podcast. So he stays out of the house. Adam, do you need an empty house in order to edit the podcast? Wow. Well, not to dox myself, but the house is almost always empty. So, Dude, uh, do you, you know. have to, to, to put Ruby in the other room? Hey, uh, so, <laughs> so she... No, I, yeah, I mean, Ruby, you know, does uh, have her bed here right under my, uh, my, uh, you know, table here that I'm at. But it would be annoying editing the podcast with like a bunch of people around. Especially, you know what? I'm just going to come out on the side of Hector's mom here. If Josh were in my apartment while I was editing the podcast, I would want that to be, I would want that situation to be remedied quickly. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, we've seen what Josh is like when they were recording an episode of the podcast and he was a horrible nuisance. Can you imagine if she's like even in front of a microphone, how big of a pest he would be? It would be a nightmare. That'd be a disaster. And when he's talking about, you know, earning more money and Paula thinks that he's saving to move out of Hector's mom's house, uh, but he's not. He loves it. <laughs> and that's when Paula says, I am, as always, amazed at your utter Joshness. Such a good line. Such a great line. Because <laughs> we also frequently have been amazed at his utter Joshness. So in this instance, we are all Paula. Exactly. And Josh has the exact response you would imagine. He's like, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Not a compliment. Um, so Paula initially is like, oh, well, maybe like, you know, I wanted to be with a stranger. So maybe I'll just, you know, do this tomorrow. And Josh says, well, the cancellation fee is $200. And she's like, okay, let's go. Damn it. <laughs> the, her delivery of the damn it cracked me up too. Just like the, the way that she said it was just so hilarious to me uh but yeah it's like yeah i, I feel you paula i feel you so then paula is in the car with josh and he is talking about how therapy has given him this new view on the world um and he starts he basically goes on and on it's this whole montage he thinks his issues started with potty training <laughs> he was you know given an incentive and he's like oh i think that messed up my internal motivations and then there's just this montage of them driving on the road and him talking about his childhood about how he was picked first for kickball every time and that was both an honor and a burden wow oh poor josh that picked first for kickball all the time so so sad for you an honor and a burden Todd. He was he was clearly put out by this. It's definitely worse to be picked last all the time. <laughs> yep. What about all that <laughs> pressure of being picked first, Lindy? I mean, <laughs> gosh, it's so much to live up to. Well, according to Josh, it is a burden and I don't know what that's like, so I definitely uh, <laughs> don't know what that's like. So I, you know, I... <laughs> not not even close. Not even close to knowing what that's like. Um, I also found it funny when Josh was saying, you know, I felt trapped in the back office at Aloha, sometimes literally. 
Oh, uh, yeah. Lots of being amazed at Josh's Joshness uh, during the sequence. Yeah, and Paula is clearly just so annoyed with everything he's saying. She's not even, like, saying anything in response. He's just going on and on and on. Yeah, I don't remember what it was. He says something during this, like, something happened and that sucked. And then you follow, like, oh, wait, no, no, no. That made me feel sucked. <laughs> it's just, just like, again, a very Josh Chan way of like, okay, I've heard my therapist say I need to reframe these things, but not quite getting how to do it. So I do like I do like this as a sign that, you know, J Josh is getting something out of therapy. Yes, he's still clueless about lots of things in the world, but I mean, he is making steps to better himself. So I do like that that aspect of this. Like, even if he's still kind of annoying in the way that he's doing things like the fact that he is trying to improve himself and it is starting to prove himself as a uh, it's a nice nice character thing for josh so this is when we you know in all the storylines kind of people end up in the car together and we get the song of the episode um so if you want we can talk about it right here Either here or maybe after. I don't. I don't care either way. I don't really like this song. Fair warning. So, uh, uh, yeah. Let, let's put off Adam crapping over one of my favorite songs of the season towards the end of the episode. So, okay. All right. Oh no. We'll save that. That's <laughs> just a teaser get the, for everyone here. <laughs> when we get to the car ride for the third time, maybe once we uh, yeah. establish all three. Okay. Is it really yeah. one of your favorites? Okay, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> That's just a teaser for everyone. <laughs> All right, so after Paula and Josh arrive at the house of the person they're picking up the desk from, we see the inside. It's just really kind of overly decorated with a bunch of little trinkets, um, which Paula is going to learn a lot about <laughs> this afternoon. Um, Josh is saying he's honored to be on this important errand. And Paula, you know, they see the desk and you can tell she's really hesitant that this is going so quickly. She's like, oh, this whole thing is only going to take 90 minutes. Okay. <laughs> but then she sees a little scratch on the top of the desk and she's like, oh, well, you know, you didn't disclose that in advance. So, you know, this isn't going to work. <laughs> and the woman is like, oh, I don't know how that happened. I stored it away from my leopard and anteaters. What? <laughs> just, just what? I mean, she has lots of like porcelain animals around, so maybe she's talking about her porcelain leopard and anteaters. Maybe those are more likely to scratch things up than normal. But that doesn't really make any sense. But the only other thing that makes sense is she actually has a leopard and anteater somewhere. Which I, what? What's the weirder of the two? Like on the on the whole, I feel like you should probably be thinking leopard, right? Because like, <laughs> who who has a leopard? But then like you think about it, and it's like, man, an anteater. I don't know. I have no idea which is the weirder of the two. They're I, I both like, weird. They're, they're both, both ridiculous. Weird. I feel like anteater is probably a little weirder in a sense. Because yeah, leopards are dangerous. But you, you've, I've heard about people having like big cats as pets when they're not supposed to. I've heard like people uh, having like dangerous animals and they're not supposed to. So it's, it's not normal, but it's something that I've heard about. I've never really heard of anyone having pet anteaters before. <laughs> so I feel like that one is a little more out there, but they're both just really strange. And to have both of them is even weirder. <laughs> it's like such an odd combination 
of animals. So yeah, it's just odd. The weirdest part was this is such a throwaway line. Like it's never <laughs> addressed. And it's, we're just left to think, okay. <laughs> yeah. And and no one even really reacts to it at all. Like there's nothing about the statement that seems odd to, to Paula or Josh at this moment. Uh, yeah. Josh may not know what leopards or anteaters are, though, so that might be part of the. No, you're the thinking thing. of Adam. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, sorry. Good I one, say Lindy. that everyone. Really good one. Because really good one. That was good because yeah, Adam didn't know good. the difference between lions and tigers. Do you really think he knows what leopards and anteaters are? You having fun with this line of uh, line of bits here, Lindy? Enjoying yourself? I mean, <laughs> yeah. Good. I'm glad you're having fun. Notice that Adam didn't dispute what I said. <laughs> Listen, I got nothing to prove to nobody here. Okay? <laughs> Not a single one of our listeners owns a leopard nor an anteater. So, nor a lion nor a tiger, actually. So, you know. Can't argue that point. Yeah, keep your zoo shit out of here, okay? I'm not, <laughs> wow. Not interested in the zoo. You can go to the zoo. Everyone go to the zoo with Lindy. I don't, I don't need to go. I'm good. I love going to the zoo. Yeah. Why would you say it sarcastically? Because <laughs> I love the song, not necessarily the activity. <laughs> anyway. Antinos are the ones with the big noses, yeah? Yeah. Like, they got the friggin' thing there to... <laughs> presumably yeah yeah like Under a snout rocks. yeah i guess it's a snout or nose as some people call it <laughs> you know what i need to look this up because do you think it's not a nose i think it's a nose but i think it can be called a snout yeah i mean probably <laughs> okay snout the projecting nose and mouth of an animal especially a mammal okay does it? Oh, oh, so a snout includes a mouth, though. I, this is not even remotely interesting. <laughs> Giant anteaters have a long, distinctive snout. There you go. Okay. You brought it up. <laughs> I, I don't know that I went this far. Lindy's <laughs> <laughs> committing to the bit. Damn it. You really I, did. You said they have a, the nose, right? You started it. I was just making sure that the animal that I was identifying in my head was, in fact, an anteater. Because there's, the been, instant replay. there's been some doubt as to whether or not I can identify animals. You uh, didn't want to defend yourself earlier, and now you do? Uh, yeah, because I'm being viciously attacked on this <laughs> podcast. My God, Lindy. People think it's all, oh, Adam's coming after Lindy. What a big bully he is. Little do they know. It's the small emotional jabs week after week, everybody. It's the little. <laughs> Just like an anteater uses its small uh, uh, snout to get under those rocks to get the ants. Or a leopard scratches a harmless desk on a, a old woman's <laughs> couch or whatever. That didn't make any sense at all. <laughs> it's, a small, it's the small scratches, you know? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> that made sense to everyone. Anyway. <laughs> I don't even know where we were. 
We were at Leopards and Anteaters. That's where we were. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. We're done with that. Uh, <laughs> um, yes, Josh jumps in to actually kind of save the day. He's like, I know this is important, so I brought this wood finishing pen uh, in case, you know, it the desk got scratched up at all in the move. <laughs> so he just takes the pen and goes over the scratch, and it's fixed. <laughs> and Paul's like, well done. <laughs> and obviously, she's trying to stall, so this did not her plan is not working um because josh was fixing it and now he wants to go and she's like well you know it'd be rude to leave now like we just got here i'm sure that she wants to show us all of her beautiful trashers (laughs) i absolutely loved that (laughs) turning trash into treasures literally with her words (laughs) Did anyone else find that funny, or was it just yeah, me? Yeah, I, I thought it was a great line, yeah. Yes, and uh, the woman, Mrs. Beatty, is really excited to show off her wonderful belongings. Uh, and we can tell that lots of time has passed that this is happening. <laughs> um, you know, she's showing off her stuff to Paula. Paula is, like, pretending to be so into it, and just to keep all of this going. Yeah. And Mrs. Bedia shows her. So this owl right here, and Paula interrupts her, has no eyes. Like, I don't like them looking at me. Mrs. Bedia is an interesting character. I don't know what exactly is going on with her, but she's she's interesting. I don't know if I mean that in a positive way, but she's definitely interesting. She really is. <laughs> um, and Josh, this whole time, has been trying to, you know, pick up the pace and, you know, get them out of there and so finally he's like okay like we should go so he goes to the desk and picks it up with one arm then walks to the door and on the way is like oh your water cooler needs to be changed and changes the water cooler with his other hand (laughs) and then he hugs paula all while holding this desk I really appreciated the water cooler bit coming back. Uh, yeah, yeah. Didn't really think it would. It honestly didn't even fit, but I liked it. <laughs> I was glad to see it here. Yeah, A plus um, callback. A plus callback of the water cooler. My biggest complaint so far, I'll have a bigger complaint once we get to the next portion of this story, but my biggest complaint so far with this whole thing, this desk is not big enough. Uh, it's not a good desk. Like, there's no way that Paul is, like, looking at this and being like, this is the desk. Uh, I don't know if you all are, like, noticing the desk or taking stock of it, but Josh is, like, not very tall. And, like, when he was holding it up, like, we were getting a little bit of, like, the height kind of, you know, we were able to, like, see a little bit more of the desk. There's, like, a couple of tiny drawers. Uh, this desk is not big enough to hold all the legal documents you would need. There's no big file, uh, thing on the desk. You could have, like, a separate file cabinet, but, like... This was not an adequate desk for me to drive this far away. If I'm driving this far away, I want like a nice big corner desk. You get, you know, all your your drawers and cabinets and whatnot. Uh, This is not a very big desk. I think the real problem is that there's no hutch. Like, it's just the flat surface. And then, like you said, those little drawers underneath. Like, you would think if you're, you know, studying really hard and, you know, you would have books that you would want to be able to put up right above the desk. So I think that's the biggest problem. But you said that you wouldn't drive that far. If you're driving for a desk you that far, you want to be a better desk. But for Paula, the desk isn't the point. 
Paula, the point is just delaying things. So I think she initially like was like, okay, where's the desk that I can pick up that's a little ways away, but not super far away. And I think that probably drove her more towards this desk than how good it actually was for whatever she needed. I don't know. I feel like she'd still want to get a really good desk out of it. Yeah, totally agree, Lindy. I I hear the story point, but per usual, I don't care about it. And I'm only interested (laughs) in the specifics of the actual thing. I want a better desk. Um, well, Josh has loaded that into the car and Paul is still talking to the woman. And so Josh is like, like, what are you doing? Like, I've got to go to a gig tonight. And, and then he says, I can't stay here all night enabling your procrastination caused by an inner fear of success that's making you put off studying for your finals. And Paul is like, wow. <laughs> Josh says, did I get that right? She's like, I think you did. Um, what? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> Where did this come from? We've seen Josh in this episode, minutes previously, be an absolute moron. I, like, I don't understand. I, how did we get here? A broken clock is right twice a day? Um, yeah, it's it's definitely, you know, it's exaggerated for comedic effect, for sure. But uh, the idea of Josh being more in touch with uh, his own uh, issues, being able to suddenly uh, recognize uh, someone else's issues, that bit of it, I think, can you can see that through line. But him, for him to be able to articulate it so intelligently after earlier saying that made me feel sucked, yeah, <laughs> that, that feels like maybe a bridge too far. Um, Especially because this sort of language isn't necessarily the language his therapist would be using with him about his own issues. So, yeah, it is it is a bit of a leap in logic. It is you have to have a little bit of suspension of disbelief for TV story point comedy bits. Uh, it worked for me just in the sense that I thought it was funny, but it also made me go, yeah, whatever. So, <laughs> yeah, your mileage may vary. Yeah, I guess, I, I mean, I don't think I want to judge the show by, like, believability. So, you know, I can suspend that. Um, I think I think it makes a little sense because you can tell that he's been using that, like, therapy kind of language in a lot of situations. And so it makes sense that he would apply it here. Um, and I also, this is just my personal opinion, like, I feel like it's easier to analyze someone else's issues than it is to analyze your own. So maybe that's part of it. Like it's easier for him to clearly see like, okay, Paul is clearly just stalling because, you know, she wants to procrastinate because she's afraid of being successful. Like it's, it's not like that deep of a, of a thought. He put, he phrases it really, you know, precisely, but it's, it's kind of just like one, you know, piece of analysis. It's not this whole deeper things. I, I think it makes sense. So then we have the wrap up to this storyline. Um, Josh, you know, puts the desk in the office for Paula and he says that he thinks that she'll be a great lawyer because she really cares about it. And she thanks him. And then 
we get this moment uh, where she leans in close to him. We'll get to this in the other storylines, but there's a moment like this in each of them. What? 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 There's a secondary <laughs> thing that is in each of the storylines? Okay. Okay. What? <laughs> How could this okay. be? Okay. You had no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> okay all right what in my mind like <laughs> the characters weren't interacting like intersecting which is why i was like okay they don't intersect but yeah this <laughs> this moment, gag this gag repeats in each of them even if the characters don't actually yeah interact yeah that is true I'm taking an absolute W here on this <laughs> particular portion after taking a fat L earlier from Lindy. So it's it's in a very up and down podcast for me. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, this makes sense. Um we'll we'll get to it. But anyway, she's leaning closer to him kind of slowly and as if for a kiss, but obviously not. Um, so she grabs this, you know, brochure that came in the mail with apartments in the area and gives it to him and um <laughs> she says that uh him you know living with hector's mom is sad and weird and he's like a lot of people say that to me <laughs> <laughs> gee i wonder why josh i wonder why and this is one of those moments like yeah yeah josh is still josh josh might have flashes of insight but pe people keep telling him that it's sad and weird and yet he doesn't a uh, you know, take that on or you know interrogate that. I would have to wonder if a uh, Doctor Copian is also one of the guys who has been telling him that it's sad and weird. Probably not in that language. Uh, hopefully not as therapist, but uh, I would I would guess that a uh, Doctor Gaiacopian or Manacopian is a uh, telling him move move out of Hecker's mom's house or at least stop calling her Hecker's mom. Yes, we've seen people talking to him. I think at this point it's getting a bit. A bit much for me it's like okay like either have a move out or just stop talking about it so much yeah and and presumably paula giving him the apartment listings is the thing to kick off that finally moving on but we'll see all right any more thoughts uh before we move on to the next storyline i thought overall it was an okay storyline a uh and I like to say, like, the whole Josh thing was a little exaggerated, but I do like getting to see more of Josh going on this personal journey. I, I like the, the fact they are trying to improve Josh, you know, after last season just being a horrible season for Josh, uh, having him start to go on his own journey, kind of like Rebecca's going on her own journey of self-discovery and self-improvement. I like the fact that they are continuing that storyline for him. So that aspect of the story, I liked. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. This like didn't work for me kind of at all. This whole storyline. I like the idea of what Paula is like overcoming here. I think it's like interesting to watch her go through that. But like if you take out Josh and put in Scott and give them more like emotional moments together and like have Scott be the one tell Paula about like what he's seeing in her. I think that's just infinitely better and it's more realistic because I'm the thing I'm struggling with is like josh is the one helping paula come to this realization 
okay, like, <laughs> I guess that's what we're doing here. Um, yeah, so it didn't work a ton for me. I would have preferred something else. But I do think this is potentially the weakest of the three storylines this episode, regardless. So, Yeah, I think it takes up the least amount of time in the episode. Um, but in terms of Josh being the one, you know, to help Paula with this, I feel like this episode is about kind of like surprise pairings, you know, people who aren't usually kind of alone together at least on the show so you know i thought it was interesting i didn't mind it but yeah i think the other two definitely more to them which is why i thought that one would be the shortest um it's been a while so (laughs) let's see how long these other ones take (laughs) um so the next story we're going to talk about is the heather and nathaniel um so this one begins at home base heather is serving nathaniel a burger and cabbage otherwise known as no one wants that (laughs) according to heather and nathaniel is really being rude to her he's not saying please and thank you um even when she's pointing that out and he's being a jerk and that's when bert walks in to Uh, deliver some mail for nathaniel from the office um but he admits like that was a pretext he just wanted to spend time with nathaniel and get to know each other better but nathaniel straight up says like no i don't want to do that um but then he opens one of the envelopes and is clearly something's going on with it so he you know rushes out and heather comes up to bert and says you know nathaniel He's really rude. He dated one of my friends and he was randomly at my wedding because my husband is his surf instructor, but I've never liked him. Yeah. So I know we talked about it at the Heather and Hector's wedding. Like, why is Nathaniel even there? And now we have the answer. So, okay. Some retroactive things. That's interesting. Uh, But I do want to say, uh, yes, Nathaniel's being horribly rude, but also if one of my coworkers uh, showed up, tracked me down on the weekend and like called around and like tried to find me to give me something just as an excuse to talk to me, I, I don't know if I would be very nice to them. I, I, I would also be a little put out if, if one of my coworkers stalked me for a day uh, for, for no good reason. So um, it wound up being like a, a very important thing, but uh, uh, Bert had no idea how important this, this thing was and everyone else. So that, a little out of bounds of Bert, but also Nathaniel was also a jerk to everybody. So I guess, and it all was kind of, you know, evens out in the wash, but. I think he was, uh, you know, even before Bert showed up being really rude to Heather, which I feel was totally uncalled for. Like oh, she was. Yeah. But, yeah. Like I said, like you know, Nathaniel's being rude, but Bert's not great here either. So I guess the, the point that I'm trying to make, uh, the, uh, just because one person's awful doesn't really excuse another person being kind of weird and creepy necessarily. That is a fair point. I didn't really think about like why Bert showed up <laughs> and like dragging him down that way. Um, but yeah, but Bert tells Heather like he thinks that Nathaniel isn't open emotionally because he's sad about something, basically. Which I think kickstarts Heather kind of thinking, you know, more deeply about Nathaniel and why he is the way he is. So later we see Heather driving. Um, She's presumably going from one of the home bases to the other home base. And she sees Nathaniel stopped on the side of the road next to his car and so pulls over to him. And he says that his car is out of juice and Uber drivers keep canceling on him. Um, He turns out he did not know that the ratings go both ways. 
Uh, so he asks Heather for a ride uh, again, is totally rude, but she agrees to do it. And so we see them in the car together and he says he is going to Santa Monica and then he's like, pronto. <laughs> like, so rude. He's being such a jerk and Heather, uh, being Heather, points that out. Like, she's not going to just take that. So she's like, you're asking to be chauffeured to the beach? You've got a lot of nerve. But lucky for you, I'm going to the El Segundo home base, so it's on the way. And also, I'm a really nice person. So she has agreed to do it, even though he's been rude to her all day. Um, and then he just points out that her car is disgusting. Um, she's got a bunch of stuff, like, all over the place. And she says, you know, it gets me where I need to go, and I have access to all my belongings. I'm not going to lie, this is where I think Nathaniel has gone too far. Uh, you know, you can ask people for rides. I, I'm not even mad that he was like, I need to go to Santa Monica, especially because of like everything that we know about what's going on. But man, if you're going to ask someone for a ride, you can't get in their car and then start insulting their car. It's, you just can't do it. That's not, it's, it's a party foul. You cannot do that. People's cars could be a mess. It doesn't matter what lights they have on. You just like sit down, shut up and enjoy the ride. Okay. Like there's no complaining about the quality of car. Once someone is giving you a free ride. Doug can't do it. Too far, Nathaniel. Too far. I totally agree. I think, yeah, if if a friend or acquaintance or whoever has a, offered to give you a, a free ride to where you're going, like, you should not tell them their car is disgusting. That is really rude and uncalled for. Like, yeah. yeah. All that being said, Heather's car did seem a little gross, but I agree. Nathaniel, <laughs> calling it out. And I say that as someone whose car frequently resembles Heather's car, so I <laughs> like I, I identify with Heather in, in that respect. But I also like, yeah, someone whose car is often like, oh yeah, I really need to clean this thing out. Uh, yeah, I feel like in high school my car was a lot like that. I feel like I kept so much stuff in there, like so many clothes, so much like random stuff oh, yeah. that I'd either used and you know never taken back into my house or like th thought i was gonna use i remember cleaning it out one time and i had like three umbrellas in there like two folding chairs like so so many clothes like like why did i need all of that i had so much uh in my high school car um it was so bad like i mean there's literally just a million things in there it's just anything i could ever like possibly need um and then eventually i like tried to take it to college and it just like broke down it was such a terrible car um, but it like was stuck in the parking lot of a shop because we had to like get it fixed. And I went to, I went to find it and they told me, uh, once I got inside, it was like, yeah, someone robbed your car, like while it was in the, in the lot. And I, I couldn't tell <laughs> 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 like things were already so much astray. I never kept anything valuable. I like, I never keep anything valuable in my car. Like there's no upside <laughs> to that whatsoever. Um, and so it's like they couldn't have possibly taken anything important, but it was like, oh, okay, I should probably, I should probably rethink some things if I didn't know that someone broke in. Did they just think that someone broke in because no, it was so messy, or they knew that they knew it? They like saw it on camera, but it was like, I, yeah, it, it was very embarrassing to be like, oh. Because I had just come from the car inside. Like, I was thinking of them, like, come from the car inside. And they were like, I looked shocked. <laughs> they told me someone broke in. I was like, 
oh <laughs> yeah well i think honestly what happened is someone burned the car looked in and went damn it someone beat us to it yeah and then, <laughs> and then uh yeah there's never anything valuable in my car you gain literally nothing from breaking it there's nothing in there for you i promise there's some napkins in the little thingy in the middle if you want those I yeah guess. i've got like i've got tissues i've got like a little small trash bag like <laughs> yeah i have some nice air fresheners if you're like really <laughs> i don't even have that yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so back to the car uh Heather asks Nathaniel like why he's like clutching this envelope and he says it's none of her concern please drive pronto <laughs> again just being so rude and she's like fine but your rating is going to be a zero fair enough <laughs> um, and then as they continue on Heather again asks like why he's cuddling the envelope and she gets really annoyed when he won't tell her about it and she's like you were at my wedding that bonds us and he says it doesn't i was at kate middleton's wedding and we barely speak anymore and then her car starts making noises and she's like oh like this happens every 12 miles like <laughs> i just like taped something up and it'll be fine i love that she so specifically knows like every 12 miles this is gonna happen but then also, we need to pull over because it's bad. <laughs> yeah, so does that mean she literally pulls over every 12 miles? Like, every time? That would be horrible. <laughs> that would That's be... a lot of hassle. I... 12 miles is not that far. All exactly. Like, you're hitting 12 miles fairly often. <laughs> right. That's why it's like, it'd probably be less of a hassle to, like, take it in to get fixed and then not have to stop every 12 miles. <laughs> But yeah, they're on the side of the road uh, and Nathaniel is again talking about her car, but this time he's saying that like he thinks that Heather doesn't respect herself because of her car. Like, you know, it kind of shows what she thinks of herself, the type of car and whether or not she takes care of it. Um, I again thought this was like, these people aren't, they're not friends. Like Heather doesn't like him. Like this is unsolicited judgment slash advice i feel like he's definitely out of line here so heather obviously doesn't take this well she's like you think the world revolves around you and you know she does not like him or how he talks to people and she says he's a rich entitled bully and also he's weird because he keeps hugging that envelope and won't tell her what it is and that's when they struggle over it. They go back and forth, you know, trying to get the envelope. And then it kind of flies open and all of this stuff gets on Heather's face. And she's like, what is this? Um, turns out it's Heidi, Nathaniel's beloved au pair. So, uh, yeah. For, before we get into the, the Heidi of it all, two, two things I did like in the the scene before where they're like they're bickering and uh, first of all never she's like in talking about how he thinks the whole world revolves around her she's like just because you're some rich white dude with playful hair and i don't know just like the choice of the words playful hair uh cracked me up 
And also his, his, uh, never tell them weird. His response was you drive Archie's jalopy and I'm weird. And I like to call it the Archie's jalopy. So just had to mention both of those, but yeah, Heidi in the face for Heather. Yeah. Yeah. Is this the worst possible thing that Heather could have like pried open from Nathaniel? Like, I'm trying to think of a worse thing to be covered in other than someone else's like beloved ashes. That feels like worst case scenario. I mean, it, it could have been, you know, Rebecca being mad at Nathaniel milling him her poop and that gets all over. That that could be. Oh, um, gosh. <laughs> um, wow, that did not take you long at all. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Todd making the kinds of jokes he hates. Oh, yeah. That's that, that, like an, an odd, like you asked what could be worse. And I thought that was the first thought I had. So, I, uh, yeah, that was, that was just a, like an yeah. observation. Like, what could be worse? That could be worse. And then I thought, how could it happen? Well, Rebecca Mills people poop. That makes sense. So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, uh, but yeah, I, uh, someone's <laughs> remains pretty high up on the list of horrible things to get thrown in your face. I agree. Yeah, it looks terrible. And the way that Heather says, oh, after he tells her what it is, I just love the way that she said that. It's just one word, but I thought she <laughs> said it in a very funny way. Um. So then, you know, Nathaniel isn't blaming Heather because, like, she's the one who grabbed the envelope. Um, but he ends up explaining, like, who Heidi is. He says, you know, she basically raised me and her family sent uh, me some of her ashes to scatter in the ocean because that's where they went together a lot. Um, and Heather is, like, kind of confused. She's like, you were so close to someone that they wanted you to scatter their ashes? And he says, well, I was. I loved her and she loved me. If I needed someone, she was there. She basically raised me. And the next person to love me like that was Rebecca. And now they're gone. They're both gone. I I, I don't know. I guess we can talk about this, you know, kind of after the next scene of, like, the whole Nathaniel and Heidi thing. But I do have a thought. Um... But basically, Heather kind of awkwardly comforts him. Like, she puts her arms around him, but it's kind of like, she's not sure how exactly to hug him. She actually says, they're there. <laughs> I feel like that's the thing you say when you have no idea what to say. Um, but basically, Nathaniel tells her that he's lonely, and she suggests, oh, well, you could be try being nicer to people. Um, but he says that he knows he's a jerk and he doesn't want to be, but, you know, he doesn't really know how to change that. And Heather thinks that he could kind of start by showing this side of him to people. And then they go back to the issue of Heidi and he thinks that he has failed her by not getting her ashes to the ocean like she wanted. Um, but Heather's like, well, you kind of did. And they look over and there's this uh, drain right near them that says that it leads to the ocean. And so they go stand over it and like shake their clothes off so that some of the ashes like fall off their clothes into the drain. And Heather says, this is a clear health violation. And she also says, I think you were right about my car. I mean uh sorry lindy is this the end this is the end of the scene yeah okay yeah i mean i liked it i think <laughs> i'm like still very slow to like you know uh glomp on nathaniel here to to have any kind of full you know uh whatever 
like maybe this was good this worked a little bit on me i guess this is like some redemption this is like starting you know some sort of redemptive arc here or continuing the redemptive arc that we've seen a little bit of um it felt a little off that it was with heather um but like we said before like again this is like an odd pairings kind of episode so like okay um it worked on me a little bit i like nathaniel a little bit more but like he, he was still such a jerk for the vast majority of this storyline that it's like hard for me to get fully on board. Should I like this more? Are you guys like, is this like exciting, invigorating more than I'm like, you know, kind of getting it? Um, I don't know if I'd say exciting and invigorating, but I do, I do think it is like the beginning of them finally, finally being able to push Nathaniel forward as a character. Because I think the problem was they have had him kind of spinning his wheels in his redemption arc because they had to find a reason for him and Rebecca not to be together anymore so Rebecca could continue her growth arc outside of relationship. Because if Nathaniel wasn't being a jerk, there wasn't any good reason for her not to be with Nathaniel necessarily. So I think that's part of it. And I think one thing that does make the Heather of it all work for me is that before a lot of Nathaniel trying to be a better person was a... Uh, kind of like because of Rebecca and was all tied up into the relationship. But it wasn't necessarily him wanting to become a better person to become a better person. It was him trying to become a better person because of her. Whereas here, it felt more like kind of one of the reasons why the Paula Josh thing works for me better than it is for you, I think, is having this person who you who is a little bit from outside of your circle like come in and drop these truth bombs, I think sometimes can get through. Whereas like people that you know really well you might just like, oh, well, they're just saying that, or it might not hit quite as hard. But having Heather come in and kind of be this this voice of reason gets through to him where with Rebecca, there's all this other stuff tangling up the emotion. So I think it works better for me in that respect. And I, I see Heather being this person who really, you know, doesn't like Nathaniel all that much. But now she can see that, okay, there is like a good guy underneath all of the, you know, jerkishness it's just hard to get through because he's been trained not to show up i mean during the scene he like he's crying and he's like a uh you know putting himself down for it and that's never heather's like no this is the side you should show people because i like the side of you you know you shouldn't be afraid to show you know being show your vulnerable side and to have this person who really disliked him uh, you know speak positively about this stuff and say that you know there is a connection there I think works pretty well for being like the step that Nathaniel needs to start moving forward. Again, I don't know that it was like a, uh, like the best way to get about it, but it definitely, it works for me. I don't know. I was blown away for it by it, but I'm happy for anything to get Nathaniel start working towards being a better person. So I enjoy it from that aspect. I'm actually, this probably worked the least for me of the three of us like I <laughs> because I already like Nathaniel as a character and I feel that yes he's had terrible moments being a jerk but this just seemed over the top in this episode of being so rude to Heather repeatedly even after she was pointing it out like it seemed like a little too much and then also has he mentioned Heidi before I, I can't remember if he specifically did or not I don't think so. I don't because I on on like a rewatch, I was like paying attention after this, after I watched this 
uh, before, like going back and watching this again, I don't think there's ever a mention of Heidi. So yeah, that part does feel kind of like out of left field uh, for him to have never brought it up. Even like talking about everything with his mom and everything, that felt like that would have been like a perfect time to have brought it up. Yeah, I think that's probably the biggest problem for me with this storyline is that he's never talked about that before. There's never been like a thread of like, oh yeah, Heidi. Yeah. Like you said, especially when everything was happening with his parents last season, that was never brought up at all. And then, you know, she's passed away at some point. That's never mentioned until we get this story with her ashes, which was obviously just kind of the way to move this kind of story slash growth forward so i think that's what i didn't like about it that it didn't feel like this was a long time coming it just felt kind of placed in this episode in order to make something happen yeah i can definitely see that i think i rationalized it to myself as he was so hurt by her leaving that he's compartmentalized it and doesn't think about or talk about it until her dying brings it forward but i agree it's not organic at all it's not really you know something that they set up which it's a bummer because the show does a good job about setting a lot of that stuff up. We talked about in the past how they would set things up that paid off a long ways down the road. So the fact that they didn't do that, yeah, I can definitely see that being a big turnoff for it. It worked for me, but I completely understand why it didn't work for you. Would it have been better if it was one of his parents? Like if it weren't just, I mean, that would have obviously changed things, you know. I feel but. like that would have been like such a bigger deal. I feel like, you know, Heather probably would have already known about that. Like Nathaniel would have like mentioned that, you know, to people. Rebecca would have. I. This was more like, oh, she doesn't think that he has the capability to have a connection with someone, and this is a way to reveal that, like, oh, he can. But if it was one of his parents, I feel like it'd be so much heavier. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely would be heavier. Yeah, for sure. Um, but the way that this concludes is back at home base and Nathaniel uh, has called Bert to meet him there and he apologizes to Bert for being so horrible to him. And Bert says, it's OK. Like, I've always known you're a good kid. And <laughs> then Nathaniel uh, leans in towards Bert. This is, you know, like the Paula moment with Josh earlier as though for a kiss. <laughs> um, and Nathaniel actually grabs Bert's head like with his hands which makes takes it one step further but then what he does is kisses him on the forehead and Bert is obviously like pretty taken aback and he's like why'd you do that <laughs> and Nathaniel says I'm new to expressing affection was that not right uh this is one of the funniest scenes of the episode <laughs> potentially the season I died. Uh, I, I will say, I know we're doing the storyline with storyline, but like the way that they did it, where they have these lean-ins just like consecutively with the music going and whatever. And we get Nathaniel and I'm just like, okay, like, is he going to pull out a file or, you know, he's going to pull out something from behind Bert. Nope. He just kisses him right on the head. Uh, it, it's so funny. This just blows my mind. I loved it. This was so good. No, Lindy? I thought it was, a, I thought it was just okay. And, I didn't laugh. It's just like, would Nathaniel do that? Even if he doesn't know how to show affection, would he think, oh, yeah, I should kiss someone on the forehead? That just seems like a big leap. Yeah, it was definitely weird. Like, just because Nathaniel's, like, not great at showing affection, how many people has he seen kiss other people on the forehead in public? Um, 
Unless that's something that Heidi yeah, used to do to him. I guess maybe like maybe that's how Heidi showed affection. And so that's how he's, you know, doing it now. I don't know. But it's just it's weird. It's very weird for Nathaniel to react that way. Funny, but weird. But then Heather is there and she's like, hey, Nathaniel, guess who just leased a new Civic, bitch? Did you know there's Bluetooth in cars now? <laughs> I love that. And Nathaniel's like, everyone knew that. <laughs> But then he turns back to Bert and he's like, I did that. I do nice things now. And put a pin in that I do nice things now because you're going to be hearing that a lot moving forward. Spoilers. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's the Nathaniel Heather. Anything else on that before we move on? Uh, well, he didn't talk about Bert's horribly tragic story about his how many sisters. Seven, <laughs> like, I think. I yeah, just again, just like Bert has these very random, uh, bizarre things that he he spews out, like you know, I can't control people with my mind anymore, or things like that. You're just like, okay, is is this real? Is, is this Bert spouting gibberish? Who knows? Uh, no, overall, yeah, this this worked for me. I like I like the fact that it is like a chance for Nathaniel to to move forward. I think it's a fairly good Heather storyline for just Heather being Heather and you know, being blunt about everything and not putting up with Nathaniel's crap. Uh, her finally getting a chance to like tear into him and tell her that she never liked him. She never knew what Rebecca saw in him. Uh, I think that aspect of it worked for me, the Heather aspect of it all. Yeah, I liked Heather's um, part in this story. I think my issue is mostly with, just with the kind of randomness of Nathaniel's part, but I, I did like Heather a lot. So then we're going to go to the third part of this episode, um, which is the Rebecca and Daryl portion. Um, so going back to Rebecca had sent out that text to the group chat about asking if anyone wanted to go with her to the restaurant. And we see Daryl. He's at home. He's crying about this little baby laundry, the tiny socks and how, you know, soon heavy's going to grow up. She's already growing so fast. Um, he's talking to the nanny and, you know, she mentions how he's been staying home still with her there. Um, and, you know, maybe it's time to kind of start going out more. And that's when Daryl sees Rebecca's text and he says, yum. Um, and then we see Rebecca telling AJ about all of the no's she has received. Um, these are funny. So George said, did you mean to send this to me? If yes, no. <laughs> okay, George. <laughs> uh, Bert said, not allowed within the Irvine city limits. Yep, there's a story there and I don't think I want to know it. <laughs> you don't? Okay. Um, and then Maya said, eek, sorry, can't, in solving with Emma Watson. I'm jealous. Uh, I, you know. That is very funny. And then I, I get the response of like, who starts off a text with eek? And meanwhile, I'm like, that's a great way to start off a text. As we saw, you know, <laughs> this season, uh, you know, Rebecca's not quite as young and, and hip as people like Maya and AJ. So she might not get all of the ways that they that they talk <laughs> and text. Um, and Rebecca suggests, like, what about AJ going along? And he's like, eek, sorry, I'm working for you right now in front of you. <laughs> um, and 
you know, then AJ's kind of talking about how, like, why don't you, you know, get on the apps and, like, bring a date? Um, but Rebecca says no to that idea because she says, you know, she has been involved with so many, like, kind of toxic relationships. That's kind of what she's been attracted to. So, you know, right now she just wants this fun, carefree car trip. And that's when we see that uh, <laughs> Daryl says that he's in. <laughs> and AJ has only met Daryl one time, um, but already knows that Daryl is not a chill hang. Yeah, I don't remember what, what like, because uh, AJ said something about, you know, I only met him the one time and we spent like 30 minutes crying about something. <laughs> so I was just like, yeah, yeah, that's very, very Daryl. Yes, and then Daryl shows up to Rebecca's place. He's wearing a costume uh, for their trip, and Rebecca actually calls it a costume, and he's like, it's not. <laughs> and then she's like, an outfit that screams costume. <laughs> I liked that. Um, and right up front, Rebecca says, you know, as you know, like, I'm in therapy, doing all this emotional s stuff, and... Uh, I've learned I, I need to, you know, set clear boundaries. I want to make my wishes clear right now. I'm just looking for a fun, easy, breezy day. And Daryl says, no problem. And then <laughs> immediately it's like, look at us. Two old friends who have been through so much together. And he's like already tearing up. And he's like, okay, sorry, I won't do that again. <laughs> yeah, I really like that, like Rebecca... I, I like the show is showing Rebecca taking the things that she's learned in group or learned in therapy and applying it to her life. I like never to give those glimpses of yes, Rebecca is trying to apply the things that she's learned. And this like, I've learned in therapy to be very clear about my wants, be clear about my wishes, you know, set the boundaries. So I really like that aspect of, of this whole thing and Rebecca trying to stand, stand up for herself and not just be the, the person who just like goes along with things she doesn't want to cause any waves or wants people to like her but she's like yes this is what i need and explain it very clearly to daryl from the get-go this is what she needs and i really like that aspect of it be, uh, being framed in like her like doing the work that dr coping keeps saying you you're doing the work you have the tools this is her deploying the tools and i really like that aspect of this little scene here which which daryl immediately ignores but then <laughs> Yeah, I liked it too. I liked that Rebecca was really clear, like the beginning of the day, like I want this to be a fun trip. Um, and so she clearly set her expectations, which we will talk about along the journey here. Um, so then we see them in the car and, you know, Daryl asks her about Heather and Valencia, like how it makes her feel that they've moved away, like that must be hard. And then obviously that's kind of a heavy topic. So, you know, he apologizes for asking about that. Then Rebecca suggests singing a car song. This song goes in a loop-de-loop. -loop. This song goes in a loop-de-loop. Did we love the return of this song? Great callback. Mm, good callback. Terrible song. I, oh, yeah. This the, is song, the, the song is horrible. Potentially the worst car song I could possibly think of. <laughs> Um, and then Daryl kind of cuts her off and he's like, what was your childhood like? Was it tough? Tell me the first sad memory you can think of. Oh my gosh. This was just, this is, this is terrible. Like, it's one thing for, you know, Daryl's reaction earlier to be like, look at us, two friends, like, and get a little emotional up front and then be like, oh, sorry, like, I'll stop that. 
But to intentionally ask her, what was your childhood like? Was it tough talking about sad memories? Like, that is so intentional. And it's like, how can you how can you be doing that when she said she doesn't want to talk about stuff like that? Yes, multiple times. Like, can we not? Can we please not? You know, uh, yeah, this is this is a really bad look on Daryl. Just uh, Rebecca has asked. She's been very, very clear. You've already like had to be corrected once at least. And then, like I said, it's just like so blatant. It wasn't even really jumping off of anything else. It wasn't like an organic thing from before. It's like cutting her off to just dive deep into these things that she has expressly said she does not want to talk about. It's like a really bad look for Daryl at this point. It's horrible. And she's, yeah, like you said, she's like, can we not? I'm begging you. Like she is, has been so clear and is shutting this down every time. And he just, like I said, is intentionally bringing up these difficult topics. But again, he's like, okay, my bad. And then he picks up his drink and is like making loud slurping noises and like moving the straw up and down and squeaking. <laughs> she doesn't want him to do that either. There's a happy medium, Daryl. There's a happy medium between these things. Yes. And then, so this car scene has been happening and going back to the ones we already talked about with Paula and Josh and Nathaniel and Heather. And that is when we get the first song of this episode, which is called Trapped in a Car with Someone You Don't Want to Be Trapped in a Car With. <laughs> So we kind of got some um, initial thoughts earlier. So let's start with Todd, who said he really likes this song. Yes, I love this song. This is one of my favorite songs of the season. Um, I love the fact that it's like a big, it's a Beach Boys pastiche, but it doesn't just, it's like, it does span like three kind of phases of the Beach Boys career. And the, the conceit being that the car ride goes on for so long, that feels like it's so long that it's like, covers all the time it took for the beach boys to evolve their sounds you get these little snippets so it's, it's kind of like three different parody songs in one and i just love the conceit of it and i think it's pretty funny too i think it's like well written well sung uh i do like the end like whenever a, a daryl and josh both show up that all four of the others all roll their eyes like oh no not them and that uh, just like Daryl and Josh is like acting through that whole scene, you know, whenever they like repeat Alhambra, like, did we already say Alhambra? And just like the exaggerated goofy looks in their face. I don't know. It all worked for me. Everything about the song worked for me as one of the videos that I will look up to watch periodically. Uh, so yeah, I love this song. And now Adam, tell us why I'm wrong. Uh, I mean, I don't think you're wrong. I think that you are more than entitled to your opinion, uh, no matter how wrong it is. Um, <laughs> Thank you. What's waiting for it? What's waiting for it? Uh, it just lasted so long. And I know I, I get it. I get that that's part of the bit. I understand. You know, Todd explained it very well. It's the different phases. Okay. But like the thing we're singing about is that this car ride is taking too long. But like this song is taking too long, uh, which, you know, doesn't I'm not a I'm not a fan of that. Lydia's shaking your head. I understand that it's not That's technically not about. about that. But as Todd brilliantly demonstrated with his analysis of the song, that is another portion of it as we go through the phases of the car ride. Um, it just I don't know. The first part of it, I thought worked really well. I was like into it. And then we start shifting and I'm like, OK, what are we doing here? I, I don't know. I got out of it by the end. Uh, it was it just lasted too long for me. Wow, I'm gonna have to side with Todd on this one. 
to no one's surprise, I I really like this one. I think it's really well done. Um, you know, I love the different phases of it. I think they're all great. Um, like Todd was saying, like looking up the video, I think the visual on this one, like the video portion of it is really good, really strong. Um, I love how, you know, the four main singers are, you know, Rebecca, because she's annoyed with Daryl and Paula, because she's annoyed with Josh. And then Nathaniel and Heather, because they're both annoyed with each other. <laughs> I love that um, little part of it. And I also want to say, at one point in the song, they're talking about people like taking off their shoes in the car. And Heather is one of them. <laughs> Heather has been known to take off her shoes in situations where that's not ideal. Just saying. <laughs> I, I mean, because she has her shoe. She's driving. She's driving. She has her shoe off and her foot up. It's like massaging her foot as she's driving. Like, Heather, that feels both unsanitary and unsafe. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I really, I really enjoy the song. I think it's great. I also like at the very end, it cuts from like the the video to like the real world, and Rebecca is kind of like mumble singing it, and Daryl's like, "Uh, so what are you mumbling progressively more quietly each time?" And it's like nothing, nothing. Okay, and they both just like look really like awkwardly away from each other. I love that as the button on the song. Yeah, I love the direct line to Rebecca, like thinking of this song in her head, and we see her actually singing it. Um, so then after that, we see Rebecca and Daryl arrive at the restaurant. They go in, um, and you know they're talking to the host um, to get a table, but turns out they only have one that's called Hitched at the Hip. Um, so they're gonna have to sit next to each other, kind of really close. Um, but basically, Daryl's being a little over the top with this, and Rebecca's getting annoyed with him. And then he says to the host, like, oh, like, you know, we have to keep it light. Like, she's been through a lot. She has a disorder. And Rebecca's like, Daryl, stop. And, yeah, I'll just go through the argument and then we can talk through it if that works. Yeah. Um, so... Daryl asks why she's mad, and she says, I just want to have a fun day. Why is that too much to ask? He says, well, I've been trying, and she says, this was a bad idea. Let's just go. You were everything I didn't want today. And then Daryl is really upset that he used his first day away from Hebby to be with Rebecca. He says, sometimes I think we're close, like when you give me parts of your genetic code to make a person, but sometimes it feels like you don't like me. And he says he looks past it, but her challenges aren't an excuse for her to be unkind. So that is the whole argument there. Um, I have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> Where do we want to start with this? I want to start with your thoughts, Lindy, for the first time. Please, what do you think about this? <laughs> I hate this so much from Daryl. I think Rebecca has done absolutely nothing wrong in this situation. I am so frustrated with Daryl because, again, like we said, she set clear boundaries up front and he agreed to them. And he has constantly, this whole trip, just totally disregarded what she wanted, what she asked for, what he agreed to. And then he, like tells this random person oh she has a disorder like that's so out of line and then when she's mad at him he's like oh i was trying no you weren't you literally asked her directly about sad memories from childhood that's not trying very hard and then he tr transitions to a totally different subject which is like sometimes i feel like you don't like me 
whatever he said about that may have been valid, but that's not what they were talking about. And so he just brings it to that to shift it to a different subject. And I just hate that so much. I hate Daryl in the scene. I'm sorry. I am so glad we had Lindy go first and share her thoughts. You don't usually get this sort of passion from Lindy. I was going to say, so. that's the most Lindy's ever felt about anything. This is incredible. Anything <laughs> in my whole life. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but no, I, I agree, Lindy. Uh, was Rebecca rude? Yes. Like, never she, like, I mean, she went a little far in her response to him and how she phrased it, 100%. But Daryl just told a complete stranger that she had a disorder. And uh, what? I mean, and like I said, she he completely, something is all about, a, uh, I can't believe that I, you know, have wasted my first day away from my daughter uh, to be with you, which has not been the thing that he has really mentioned to her. It's not been any part of the conversation. It's just like him, something just thrown in her face and make it all about how what well, she got mad at me, so obviously she doesn't like me, even whenever he has been he's been a bad friend. He's been a bad friend in this situation because she's been very clear about what she needed and he just completely ignored it. And maybe he needed something else. Maybe he needed something different on his first day out, but he's not been clear about that to her. And if he needed something different than what she needed, then maybe they should have just done different things on this day. It's yeah. It was it's not a good look for Daryl at all. I mean, I completely agree uh, with both of you. I have uh, no disagreements on my end. I will just uh emphasize the thing that Todd said was that Rebecca is also this is not a good look for Rebecca either. So, you know, uh very okay with being very harsh on Daryl here, but uh I don't I being uh, the line that like stood out to me here, uh, everything I didn't want today, oof, that's a dagger to the heart, no matter the situation. <laughs> that's that's just brutal. I agree that that's rough, but like she would never have said that if he didn't push her to this breaking point of like constantly trying to derail the plan that they agreed on. And that culminates in this argument, which is when she says that she wouldn't I don't she wouldn't have said that if he was respecting her wishes. He just ugh, makes me mad. <laughs> yeah. And it's like she said, you're everything I don't want, or I can't stand you. It's a, it was very clearly situational. It's like, because of your behavior today, you know, you're everything I didn't want. I mean, should she, could she phrase it a different way? Yes. But it's understandable that she was that upset and said it in that way, even if she probably should have said it in a, a nicer way, but he provoked it pretty, pretty hard. So then we get to the next scene, um, which I'm also mad about. So Daryl is sitting outside the restaurant. And first of all, we get this joke where this guy takes a picture of Daryl and he says it's for his sad cowboy Instagram meme account. Okay. Thoughts. I'm so confused. I just wonder, like, how how many pictures does he have? I mean, does he... Does he find them on the internet and post them? Or does he make them himself? Like, it's just like, oh, I usually find things online, but now I actually have a picture of a sad cowboy to make it to me myself. This is a score. Or does he search out people in cowboy outfits looking sad and take pictures of them for his meme account? I don't know. My biggest question is why is he limiting himself to Instagram? I mean, there is a market there to be pursued uh, on other social media platforms. Don't Don't limit yourself. Sad cowboy beam account guy. I mean, <laughs> the the future is bright. I don't know that it is. I don't know how long this account will last. <laughs> yes, really random, but there you go. 
Um, then Rebecca finds Daryl and she apologizes and she says, like, I needed a break from my feelings, but that's not your fault. And I'm sorry. And he says, thank you. And he doesn't apologize. What? Okay. I'm so mad. I'm like, okay. I understand that their argument got heated. And so Rebecca would apologize for that. That's fine. But for Daryl to not then follow that up with, I'm sorry too. You clearly stated your boundaries and I ignored them and disrespected that. I'm sorry. He doesn't apologize at all. I'm so mad about that. I feel like this is something the show does. It's like, okay, Rebecca's the one who's supposed to be learning a lesson right now. So she's the one who's going to apologize, even though the other person also did some things that aren't great. Uh, it kind of makes you think of the whole uh, Josh, Rebecca, uh, meeting each other after therapy and uh, her apologizing for everything that she did and him, oh, it's okay. But he never apologized about any of the stuff that he did to her and then kind of like brushing it all off because it's all about Rebecca's journey. I, I hate when they do that. Like both people were wrong. Both people should apologize. It's not an either or situation. There are shades of gray. There are you no... Know, both people can be in the wrong. And if they're both people are in the wrong, then both people should apologize. The fact that Daryl never really, you know, accepts culpability for his part in this is really, really annoying. Agreed. So this was frustrating, but that's that's what we're given. That's what is on the screen. Um, and so they've made up, and Daryl suggests. You know, going to eat inside. No more emotional probing. And he, like, pulls this bib out of his shirt for her. It's a cool little little move. <laughs> he just pulls it out there. Um, so they go inside. They're eating. They're having a great time. Apparently, the food is really good. They've got sauce all over their faces. <laughs> and they decide to order more food, actually. Is this an Adam's Kitchen Corner where we talk about barbecue food? We could talk about barbecue food because I love barbecue. Uh, I mean, it's good stuff. We could, you know, we could talk about what our favorite, you know, forms of barbecue are here. I'm a big ribs guy. Uh, you know, obviously cold take, but barbecue is incredible. But like, man, a good rack of ribs is just, I mean, there's nothing like it. It's just, uh, it's just so good. Um, and then burnt ends are kind of my sleeper barbecue pick there. I think that if you're getting a, a really good quality uh, set of burnt ends, I think you're in, you're in a good spot. You guys barbecue people? I am. Yeah. Uh, brisket. I love, love brisket. Uh, some chopped brisket. Really good. I also like, like uh, there's a, a barbecue place right here that has like a uh, kind of how jal like jalapeno sausage, uh, ch cheddar jalapeno sausage stuff. And that's really, I, I love that as well. Yeah. Big, big barbecue fan. How about you, uh, vegetarian, Lindy? Yeah, so <laughs> um, don't really eat the meat. But I do love, you know, like good barbecue sauce. And like you can get like barbecue tofu stuff. Uh, there's this place, you know, nearby that has these really great uh, barbecue tofu sandwiches. So I'm definitely into the concept. Yes. I think it's probably it you know i was expecting everyone to say yes <laughs> barbecue is delicious <laughs> no surprises there um so back in the car you know daryl and rebecca are singing the loop-de-loop -loop song now and daryl like loves it um and their faces are their clothes are all just covered in sauce 
I mean, the place does put the ew in barbecue, so... Mm. I got so uncomfy watching this. <laughs> like I, oh, they give you wet wipes when you when you go to a barbecue place. They they give you wipes every time, every time, literally every time. You will get wet wipes from it. It's on her forehead, like it's everywhere. Like what was she doing to get sauce there? That's like how a two year old child eats. <laughs> I think Makes to me, no it, sense. like, even if it got there, like, okay, somehow, but, like, they didn't even try to clean it up. Like, you can take a napkin and wipe off your forehead. It's not like, it's not like she couldn't have done that. So that's why I don't understand it. I mean, obviously, whenever you get dirty from a barbecue, the only thing to do is stop at a truck stop and buy new clothes. That's the only. Uh, <laughs> clearly, yeah. You can't just drive home and change. <laughs> Yeah, they decide to wash up and get dessert at a at a truck stop they're approaching. So we see Daryl walk out um, after he has bought a new outfit at the truck stop. And he actually also shaved his mustache. <laughs> um, and he saved it for his scrapbook. It's in a little plastic bag. <laughs> yeah, I, this is gross. I don't it's too much, yeah. Yeah, it's a little much. Uh, especially because when you're shaving a mustache, like it doesn't doesn't like come off together. Like it's Daryl's does. Well, I guess it might even a fake mustache because that's the only way that all those like hairs well, are staying together. It's because all the stuff was sticking it together. I guess you know that's the whole reason they had to shave shave it off. All the sauce. Had all, the, all the sauce was sticking it together. Oh no! It makes it even worse. I know. That's Let's gross. move on from that. Okay. <laughs> Well, Rebecca asks if he's okay. Like, this is a big deal. And he says he feels fine. He's just happy to be here with her. And so they hug. And then this is the first moment we get of, like, they kind of slowly lean in as if to kiss. And this is where the, you know, repeated moments come from. Um, and, like, they're about to kiss. But then some, like, breaks, you know, kind of hiss a little bit. And they kind of snap out of it and pull away and kind of like awkwardly laugh about this. Um, so the next we see of them is back at Daryl's place. Once they've gotten back, uh, they kind of laugh about it. Like, I guess they didn't really say anything in the car the rest of the way. Um, and Rebecca says, like, I don't think you and I are meant for romance. <laughs> I think she says it that way. Um, and they're pretty much on the same page about that. Yeah, and I agree. They're not meant for romance, but she does use it as like, uh, you know, inspiration to go, I think if I can feel that way about someone nice like you, then maybe that means that I am ready to like get away from the toxic relationships and start dating again. It's like, okay. I guess um, it's a it's again the whole like each, each one of these stories has like one of the characters making some sort of you know personal revelation. So I guess this is Rebecca's, but it, it feels weird. Also, the whole Rebecca Daryl almost kiss thing just feels so bizarre. It's it sets up a, a kind of funny running gag throughout the episode, but this first time it happened, it just felt it felt forced. Like this is the thing to me that works the least out of this episode is the whole Rebecca Daryl, a hey, lean in for a kiss. It just feels so weird and random and not hilariously random, uh, just random. So uh, 
that part of this storyline doesn't work for me all that well. It just feels odd. I feel like it worked for me. I I wasn't like, oh my gosh, this is so weird. Like I just was like, okay, like that's. I wasn't expecting that, and but they don't actually kiss. I think is, I I think if it went further than that, maybe it would feel more weird to me. But like they they just kind of get like caught up in this moment, and Daryl had just like shaved off his mustache. You know, he's clean shaven. <laughs> Rebecca's looking at him differently. <laughs> it's the nighttime. They're at a truck stop. <laughs> Oh, uh, like the, the the three biggest factors of wow. any romantic setting, right there. Wendy, are we uncovering something here? <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm just saying you can get caught up in a moment. Whoa, those unshaven nighttime truck stop moments. Oh my yeah. god! <laughs> right. I don't even know. I I. Uh... <laughs> wow. You can't, you don't see it. You don't see the possibility in the romance. Lindy, all I know is that you're basically swooning right now. (laughs) That is basically what's happening. And I'm trying to figure out, like, at what? Because, uh, just at the moment, not at them. Like, uh just, just like the possibilities, you know? Like, yeah. The 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 romance. I don't know. I just, (laughs) it's that one indescribable instant when you're in the, Truck, <laughs> yeah. yeah so. <laughs> hmm. I'm just trying to convey that, like, I I can see it. I can see it. It's not like they've embarked on this grand relationship from this. Like, they kind of lean in and almost kiss. Like, I I don't think it's that weird. I I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. I mean, whatever. But. I think hey, what is- uh, whatever works for you works for you. I'm <laughs> I am not here to judge. We're not yucking anybody's gem, Lindy. You know, it's the spontaneity. Phrase, but... You know the the intrigue. I, you know, I don't know. Oh my god! I'm gonna have Lindy plan my next date. Jeez! I mean, <laughs> I've been trying to do that. <laughs> well, with this information, I don't know if I feel better. About it. <laughs> oh my gosh! That's not what I would plan. That, that that's, that's the thing. This was not planned. This was spontaneous. It's a that's spontaneous part of it. Spontaneous truck stop moments. Oh my gosh! Oh, okay, there's a song there. <laughs> you can write it. You guys are good at that. <laughs> In his truck stop moments. <laughs> Musical episode that will have to be one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can um, we can talk about that anyway. Um... That's Lindy solo. <laughs> oh my gosh, we get to that. Um, so yes, like Todd said, Rebecca, this is kind of a moment of realization. Like, oh, like you know, this gives me hope. I'm gonna start dating again. Fire up the apps. Maybe there are other Daryls in the world. It'd be great. You know, to find someone who's as kind and loving as you are. And this is when this doesn't work for me. Rebecca's like, and I bet you're great in bed. And Gerald's like, oh, yeah, I have an enormous penis. What? (laughs) Why is this in here? (laughs) I'm also amazed this didn't happen in the office. Because every other time he talks about his sexuality, it's been in the office. The fact that they just have a throwaway line that home just feels like unusual for daryl okay but it made me laugh i don't know i don't know if it made either of you two laugh but he's just like i was so casual (laughs) 
I don't know. It was like too much. And then like the that nanny. was too much. Yeah. And the nanny was like, "I'm heading out, and I'm gonna need a check. And much like your penis, it's gonna be a big one." <laughs> This was so weird. It's so funny. Oh my god. So weird. I don't know. That Dude. right there, Lindy, is a moment. Okay. That that's the kind of moment we're looking for. That's the moment you like, but yeah. you're making fun of me <laughs> for, for your being caught truck, up in the truck for your stop moment. Truck stop rendezvous. Yeah. Wow. Well, I this is like for me. This is. A terrible episode for Daryl. Probably one of the worst episodes any character in the show has had. I just whoa, not oh my god, <laughs> Lindy. We've had characters like try and kill people. I said one of the worst. I didn't say the absolute worst. I said one of the worst. Yeah, multiple times though. We've uh, okay. Wow. That, I mean, that's a big statement. One of the worst episodes for any character ever on the show. I stand by it because okay. it's about to get worse. This episode ends. On a song called Farewell, Fair Mustache. This is Daryl. He's singing. You assume at first it's to his baby. <laughs> but then, just kidding. It's his it mustache. It's to his baby. It's too much. He's throwing away all his mustache stuff. Fine. But then he asks the nanny to comfort Hebby because he's with his baby. His mustache in a Ziploc bag. No. Just no. Mm-mm. No. What do you think of the song though, Lindy? I don't I don't even uh, irrelevant. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh okay, well I'll just say it. It made me laugh. I, I liked it. I don't know if it was like witty or like super clever, but like the concept I thought was pretty funny. Uh and as he's like throwing the stuff away in the garbage one by one like we get a comb we get beard oil we get more beard oil he like throws an entire uh electric razor <laughs> in the trash uh yeah i thought it was i mean i didn't hate it i thought it was fine i'm i'm more on lindy's side at this one it does not work for me at all just nope didn't find it funny just felt it odd just like yeah could have done without it very, very easily. And and it's the stinger of I'm with my baby as heavy as crying, you know, like Daryl, come on. Your actual baby is crying. Yeah, it was bad, but uh that's our episode. That's the episode. Season four, episode six, uh of Crazy Ex Girlfriend. Um, an interesting one. I, I did find it a little fascinating as we were going through storyline by storyline that each of us had one that like didn't really work for them. Uh, and they were all different ones. <laughs> so uh, that's kind of funny. Uh, but we're not done here today uh, on Wonder Describable Podcast. We still uh, have a couple things to do. The first is to get into Todd's Game Corner. Todd's Game Corner. Um, we've had an interesting string here. Uh, what's our what's our current score currently sitting at here? 
The our current score is if I can get the document up. Doo, 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 doo. Adam three, Lindy two. Okay. Lindy, we're very close. We're as close as it could be here going. Look at that. Six. Yeah. Hard to believe, but here we are after a nearly tied. It was three zero. You had like basically given up all hope in life. And now here <laughs> we are. Uh exactly. Potentially um, about to tie it up. You know, last week was uh, pretty tense, but with the we didn't have instant replay that we needed. But we got there. I mean, we got there. But but let's let's be clear. I won that point fair and square. Correct. You did. Yes. Uh, it will have been edited in by the time you know everyone's hearing it. Of course, this is like weeks ago. We're time traveling in the future slash the past here. Uh, but you did. It is three to two. That's the overall score here. Yay! Got a close race going on. So we'll see if Lindy can tie it up today or if Adam can further his lead. I'm going to sample that yay from Todd. We're gonna, <laughs> I'm going to have that available at all times. Just yay! start and end the podcast with that. <laughs> yeah, give him a yay. Uh, okay, so it's three to two. Uh, Todd, what do you have for us today? So um, out of there was a few things this episode that piqued my interest about possible quizzes but the one that really got me was a uh, daryl's cowboy outfit and the cowboy of the ball so today is going to be a cowboy movie quiz but of course it's me so it has to be weird cowboy movies uh so it's going to be the ones that you guys love so much i'm going to name four things three of them are real movies one of them is one that i made up so a, uh, I believe this episode, uh, normally, since it's an even-numbered episode, Lindy be going first because we did one of the uh, word scrambles before that's going to, sh that shifts things a little bit. So Adam will be going first this week. Okay. So it's going to be, give you four options. Adam gets it right. He gets two points. If he gets it wrong, Lindy has a chance to steal for one point. Uh, four questions as always, then a tiebreaker if we're tied up after four. So Adam. We're starting off with a uh, Westerns with uh, giant monsters. So this is like Western horror movies uh, where they fight uh, giant monsters. So we have The Beast of Hollow Mountain, which features uh, cowboys who are suddenly attacked by dinosaurs. The God Monster of Indian Flats, where cowboys are attacked by a giant mutant sheep. Terror of Comanche Lake, where cowboys are attacked by kind of a Loch Ness Monster-style creature. And then the Valley of Guanji, where Guanji is the name of yet another dinosaur that attacks the cowboys. So three of these are real movies. One of them I made up. So you have The Beast of Hollow Mountain, God Monster of Indian Flats, Terror of Comanche Lake, and Valley of Guanji. I will take... Uh, this is just going to be rapid fire for me because truly I could not have less of an idea. I will take the final one, the Beast of Guanji. Valley of Guanji is Guanji. indeed a real movie. So, Lindy, for the steal, your choices are Beast of Hollow Mountain, God Monster of Indian Flats, or Terror of Comanche Lake. I'm going to go with Beast of Hollow Mountain. Beast of Hollow Mountain is a real movie. Terror of Comanche Lake is the one that I made up. So after the first question, we are at zero to zero. 
Next up, Lindy, your category is Cowboys versus films. So these are all films where it's, the title is Cowboys versus something. And yes, three of these are real. So we have A, Cowboys versus dinosaurs. B, Cowboys versus vampires. C, Cowboys versus werewolves. Or D, Cowboys versus zombies. Three of those are real, actual movies. You gotta be honest, all four sound like real movies. <laughs> In this case, if three yeah. of them are real, why wouldn't the fourth one be real? Yeah, super creative names too, so. So this actually is pretty difficult because I can really see all of these being being made. Can you just, I, I can you just repeat So we them? have dinosaurs, vampires, werewolves and zombies and it's all cowboys versus cowboys versus blank yeah oh cowboys versus blank and we have Which dinosaurs sounds... vampires werewolves and zombies Which one sounds the least profitable i don't know <laughs> this is so difficult um i'm gonna go with cowboys versus werewolves and lindy's on the board with two points cowboys versus werewolves the one that I made up. Oh my gosh. Fabulous. There are some, there are some Cowboy versus Werewolves moves out there, but none actually titled Cowboys versus Werewolves. So Lindy takes the lead. Oh my gosh, Lindy, this becomes a very important question because if I miss this, you just win. I love that. I love to <laughs> see that. <laughs> so the next category is Django movies. So Django, uh, you may be familiar with the Quentin Tarantino uh, Django movie, but Django's actually a uh, a character that has been in a ton of Italian westerns. So, and they often have very elaborate titles. So, three of these are real titles of Django movies. One is one that I made up. So, mm -hmm. we have A, Django Kill If You Live Shoot, B, Django Prepare a Coffin, <laughs> C, Django ride to hell and back or D Django's cut price corpses. <laughs> uh, okay. One more time. A Django kill. If you live, shoot B Django, prepare a coffin. C Django ride to hell and back or D Django's cut price corpses. I have to say both B and C are very funny names. Uh, Django ride to hell and back. Django prepare a coffin. Uh, I am going to say uh, the second one, the coffin one, final answer. Uh, Django Prepare Coffin is a real Django film. So, Lindy, you have won the game, but you can uh, further your lead a little bit if you get a uh, this one, if you steal a point. I'm currently dancing in celebration, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> now the pressure's off. Um, so... So we have left Django Kill If You Live Shoot, Django Ride to Hell and Back, and Django's Cut Price Corpses. I'm going to go with Ride to Hell and Back. And Lindy gets the steal, because that is indeed the one that I made up. And so uh, for fun, let's go ahead and do uh, the final question I prepared, which was a uh, some more a, uh, cowboys meet weird things. A, uh, but this time it's specific characters from a uh, Western lore or from Western comic books or things like that who meet some sort of fictional villain. So we have A, Billy the Kid versus Dracula. B, Jesse James meets Frankenstein's daughter. 
C, Kid Colt versus the Phantom of the Plains, or D, Tex and the Lord of the Deep? And this is my question. <laughs> yes, this is your question. So I will attempt to answer it. Can you repeat them all? Sure. We have Billy the Kid versus Dracula, Jesse James meets Frankenstein's daughter, Kid Colt versus the Phantom of the Plains, and Tex and the Lord of the Deep. I have absolutely no idea. These all sound really weird. Um, <laughs> I'll go with, um, oh gosh, Tex and the Lord of the Deep. Tex and the Lord of the Deep is indeed a real film featuring yeah. a comic book cowboy. Adam. I have no idea. <laughs> uh, uh, the first one sounded like, uh, give me the first one. Billy the Kid versus Dracula is indeed a real movie. It was Kid Cult versus the Phantom of the Plains that I made up. I was so, thinking that one. <laughs> so, a uh, again, Lindy is our winner. And now the score is all tied up, which I think is like, pretty like, rare in these series for it to be tied up this at this point in the season. So we are having a real uh, contest here this time around. This is fantastic. Uh, the score was three to zero in this game. I'm very proud of that. <laughs> I can't believe we're tied. I was 3-0 at the beginning. Like Adam said, I had given up hope. I was like, it's done. It's over. But you know what? It's not over. Not till it's over. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's true. That's why I've, I've literally said that right at the start. Uh, and, you know, here we are. Congratulations, Lindy. Well done. Thank you. Uh, we still have one more thing to do here today, which is to give some pretzels as well as a truly happy point. The first, trapped in a car with someone you don't want to be trapped in a car with. Uh, well, you know, we'll start with Todd. We'll see what Todd has to say about this one. Yeah, I know. It's a five. It's a five for me. I love this song. Five. Wow. Uh, okay. That's really high. Lindy, what about you? So I am also going to give this one a five. Oh my gosh has there ever so, been a time where i have been the one that has spoiled the full bowl of pretzels i don't think so don't but it's know. it's gonna happen here because there's just no way i can give this a five there's just no chance uh wow you guys are both at fives I guess I'll have to come up a little bit here just to like even be in the same realm, but like, <laughs> uh, do, do whatever your heart wants you to do. Adam. Yeah. Don't, I you mean, don't need this, to change your, your score for us. This song just like didn't even remotely work for me. I'm at a 2.4 for this. Oh my gosh. I, I mean, I, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't think this has ever happened before. Uh, it has. I was just going through the scores. This is your first bowl buster. Oh my gosh. Uh, I'm in shock right now. Are I you okay? Are you... I don't know. <laughs> my average is usually like way up there. I give so many fives. Uh, okay, second song of the episode. Farewell, fair mustache. Uh, whatever. This is this is like a two for me. I this is it's fine. It's not good though. It's just whatever. Uh, Lindy, what about you? Yeah. Um, this is not for me. I'm going to give it a 1.5, which I think is probably the lowest I ever go because I, I do give, uh, more than zero. Cause you know, they wrote a song and wrote lyrics. I, you know, there's some effort, but 
Adam's face right now. Are you insinuating like 50 whatever episodes into this podcast that like someone from the production team is listening here and taking offense (laughs) with any song that one of us, me, would rate a zero? Is that what you're saying? We're rating all of these songs. I mean, (laughs) Linda, you're rating this a 1.5. Someone spent so much time writing this song and so much energy. I mean, my God, you only give it a 1.5? Yeah, see how ridiculous that is? They no, don't care. I, they... I never said it was because of people listening to this. I'm saying, <laughs> like, it'd have to be, like, so h- horrible to get a complete zero and just to, like, not get anything. I don't know. Okay, Todd, uh, farewell, fair mustache. <laughs> yeah, it's a one for me. Yeah. Uh, this um, was not, yeah, it's not a good song. <laughs> it's not the lowest score I've ever given, but it's the next to lowest score. It's I right there. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, our truly happy point for the episode. This is going to be a tough one for me, actually. Now that I'm like actually really thinking about it here, Lindy, we'll start with you. Uh, who made you truly happy this episode? I think we all know it's not Daryl. It's, <laughs> it's absolutely the furthest from what Daryl was doing here. Um, yeah, no one like stood out to me as like, oh my gosh, yes, this person. Um, sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. But I think there was one person who I liked the most in this episode, and that's gonna be Heather. Okay. Uh I respect the choice. Ah, gosh, I'm trying to figure out if I agree with it. Okay, Todd, uh, who made you truly happy this episode? Yeah, I've been going back and forth. I feel like everyone kind of has like their their negative points in this episode, one way or the other. Um, I'm I was leaning towards Rebecca just because I really liked her like setting her boundaries and all. But I think in the end, I'm also going to go with Heather just because I liked her like standing up to Nathaniel and being you know, telling him what she thought of him and kind of being the driving force in that and trying to encourage him to be a better person. And so. Yeah, Heather gets my point, too. This is so hard. Uh, I don't think I can give my point to Heather this episode. Not that I have anything against giving points to Heather. Um, This is just so tough. Uh, I I think the person I'm going to go with is Rebecca. I think Rebecca has to be my pick here. Uh, maybe a controversial pick. I know she did some like not amazing things, but like so did Heather this episode. So I'm, I'm kind of like, you know, willing to overlook that kind of stuff. She was clear with what she wanted. She like put herself out there. She messes the group. She's trying to do something. She's like patient with Daryl. She's willing to give the apology here. Uh, it doesn't get in a response, but like, that's not her fault. Um, so I, I'm giving it to Rebecca here. I don't know that anyone actually deserves a truly happy point this episode, but uh, I think Rebecca is probably who made me the happiest because I still think we are seeing growth from her this episode. Yeah. Like I said, I almost gave her my point. I was close to giving her my point, so I don't think it's a bad choice at all. Yeah, that was tough. Uh, okay, that's the episode. Season four, episode six of One Undescribable Podcast. That's it for us here today. Um Weird episode. Weird episode. Weird, we weird, but I, I I actually enjoyed it. I think yeah. it's probably my favorite episode of the season so far. I know you're really high on the 
previous episode, but this one really worked for me. Okay. I, that not every aspect of it worked necessarily, but I think as a whole, I really liked the, the, just the concept, like following these three unusual pairings and what happened with each of them. I thought structurally it worked really well in that sense. So yeah, I actually really enjoyed this episode as weird as it is at times. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, okay. Well, that's it for us here. Uh, it wanted to scrub a podcast. Uh, let's get out of here. We spent plenty of time talking about this episode. That is for sure. Lindy, what are you up to? Where can people find you at? Yes. On Twitter at TV Lindy and our podcast, Twitter one CXG podcast. Amazing. Todd, what are you up to? Where can people find you at? You can find me on Twitter at librarian Todd because Todd librarian was too many characters. You can find me occasionally over on twitch.tv slash DM Philly playing a wheel of time based Dungeons and Dragons game called threads in the pattern uh incredible yes i'm adam h you can find me on twitter piano adam one you can also find me on post show recaps at a couple of places now uh of course the final fantasy 7 podcast still going strong with myself and brooklyn zed uh as we are continuing to uh finish the end of disc two into disc three we did some side quest stuff we'll see what happens later i got pretty mad at what happened uh i'm still very bad at the game the other place on Poster Recaps right now you can find me is on the Who A podcast where we have released our first couple of episodes here by the time this releases. Uh, we started with Eggleston. Uh, myself, Kevin Mahadeo, and Melissa Woodward are going through Doctor Who. Give us your timey-wimey scores. Give us your wibbly-wobbly scores. We'd love to have them. Uh, we're talking Doctor Who over there. It's going to be a ton of fun. Um, and then I think actually by the time that this releases, there'll be another podcast out on Post Show Recaps that I'm going to be involved with with Jess Sterling, but I'm not going to announce that just quite yet because... Uh, I don't know dates very well, and that's a lot of math for me to do right now on the spot. So uh, we'll talk about that when it comes. But of course, you can go to my Twitter, uh, and I will retweet everything that I'm involved in. But of course, the most important place you can find me is right back here, where next week we will be back talking through season four, episode seven of Crazy Ace Girlfriend. And until then, bye.